What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of The Bats Cave. I am your host, Alex Bats. Uh, this is the start of a new weekly podcast that I'm going to be doing, uh, where it's just me talking about whatever. Um, I guess I, I'll get into the name first. Uh, if you didn't notice, my name is Bats with two T's, so the title just ends up working really well. It's actually a name that I came up with a uh, long time ago, because I want to I want to open like a comic and coffee shop eventually at some point. That's like a dream of mine. And like, this is the name that I came up with for it. Um, but whenever I was thinking about doing a solo podcast, um, the name just like came back to me and I was like, oh yeah, that'd be great. So now I'm here, I'm doing it. Um, I'm not new to doing podcasts. I've done a handful of podcasts over the years, but I've never done one by myself. And I really wanted to do that. Uh, some of my favorite podcasts are just people uh, by themselves just talking about whatever. So that's basically what this is going to be. Um, there'll be some form of structure to it. Like I'll have uh, a couple notes before I record every episode about um, some talking points that I want to get to, like maybe a couple things I want to cover. But for the most part, I'm just going to keep it kind of loose and just talk about um, whatever comes to mind. I'm definitely going to go off on a lot of tangents uh, throughout this podcast at different points, so bear with me on that. Um, but it's it's just going to be me talking, basically, um, about the things that I'm watching, reading, uh, what I like, some things I don't like. I generally try to keep my thoughts more positive than not, because uh, I just feel like there's a lot of negativity in general, like in the world and especially on the internet, and like I don't enjoy contributing to that a lot. So uh, for the most part, like if you follow me on Twitter, you'll notice that I, I try to refrain from um, just piling on any negative comments on things. Um, so I'm going to continue that here. There will be times where I definitely rant about things on here because this will be kind of the, uh, the outlet that I use for that as opposed to my normal um, Twitter feed. Um, but yeah, so I'm just going to talk about stuff um, for this episode. Also, as far as episode length, uh, I think I'm going to shoot for like an hour or so episodes i have no idea if that's gonna like how if i'll reach that um that time uh frame or how long they'll go they'll probably be varied um but somewhere around an hour i think is what i'm gonna shoot for uh i'll also occasionally have guests i would imagine um it's a dream to be able to get some comic pros on here at some point but that's definitely um further down the line um, but that's something that I'd be interested in doing. And then also um, some of my followers and like mutuals and, and friends that I have, um, I know I'd be interested in having on here to talk about um, a variety of things. Um, Batman is my favorite, obviously. Um, if you follow my Twitter, which I assume most of the people watching this or listening to this uh, will get here from my Twitter account, um, Batman's my go-to. So I'll definitely talk about at least something Batman related every episode. Uh, but I have a lot of other interests too. Like I love uh, fantasy. Game of Thrones is one of my favorite things. Uh, there's a couple different fantasy series I really love. I love mythology a lot. Like I've actually just been rereading the Percy Jackson books. I love video games so much. Um, movies and TV. Like I, I love them a lot. So there's just a whole lot of things that I want to talk about. And I'm just going to use this space to be able to do that. But that said, um, that's not what this episode is going to be about. I thought that it would be cool for uh, the first episode to kind of be, uh, I think I'm going to title it Origins, which you probably have already, you've already seen the title if you're listening or watching this, so um, that decision will have been made by the time you're listening, um, but I just wanted to talk uh, for this one kind of how I got into Batman in general throughout my life, um, 
what I was exposed to first and like how everything kind of snowballed into going from just Batman to comics in general, some of my like favorite Batman things um, and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I I honestly because people ask me all the time uh, when I got into Batman or how I got into Batman. And I honestly cannot remember a time where I didn't love Batman. Um, Batman's just always kind of been there. Like uh, some of my earliest memories are watching the, the the Batman 89 movie. I was born in 96, so I was born almost a decade after that movie came out. Um, but I remember like watching the, the 89 movie when I was a kid and watching the animated series, uh, the reruns of that whenever I was a kid. Um, so I just remember like laying on the living room floor and watching those over and over again. Uh, but really like my dad is definitely who, who got me into Batman. My dad just always thought that he was really cool and a, uh, a really awesome character. And so I kind of got that love for, for Batman from my dad. Um, and so, yeah, it just, I think, I, like, I don't know if I saw, I would imagine that I saw the animated series before the 89 movie, just because of um, the, uh, the maturity level between the two. But I definitely saw the 89 movie when I was really young, too. Like, I can't, uh, I don't know, like five or so, probably. I mean, I just, uh, it's just always been there, kind of, in my mind. So, between the animated series, which I absolutely love, uh, I adore that show. It's such a fantastic take on Batman. And, uh, I mean, it's it's a fan favorite, and as uh, revered as it is for a reason. Um, but just watching that show over and over again... Uh, I'll always remember, and then that mixed with the 89 movie, and then uh, the sequels to it, like Returns and Forever, and Batman and Robin, I would just go like back and forth between all of those movies when I was younger, um, watching those over and over, and so those are probably the two um, beginning things that I remember as far as Batman, um, so I would watch those, and then I also got, I don't know what, how old I was whenever I got it, but my dad got me this um, Batman encyclopedia. Well, I don't know if it was an encyclopedia. It's The Ultimate Guide to the Dark Knight uh, is the name of the book. And it just uh, is this, it's not an encyclopedia exactly, but <clears throat> it's kind of like a visual dictionary type thing. Actually, still, it's on the shelf behind me back there somewhere. I don't want to go down and, and grab it. I should have done that before I started recording. But, um, and so I, I just... I still have that book, which is great, but, like, the spine is just completely wrecked because I would just spend so much time just going through and, like, reading everything about Batman and the characters in his world and his world in general, uh, just pouring over the pages, like, looking at the different comic images um, and just taking in all that I could about, like, who Batman was as a character. And so that love has always been there. Uh, I remember watching the Batman uh, animated series, which I think started in, like, 2004, um, that was the animated series that I actually got to watch as it happened, um, which actually surprisingly, like I haven't seen all of it. I haven't seen the last like season or two because it went through like, it went for like five or six seasons, I think, um, which is really awesome. I know <clears throat> that a lot of people don't like some of the character designs in there. I think they're really cool. They're definitely like very early two thousands, um, but I like them. I think it fits. It's a really nice and like unique take on Batman and his world. Uh, I know like Superman and some of the other heroes get introduced, uh, in the later seasons too. Um, so I really like that. I thought it was just a really cool, it's very like stylized and flashy. Um, but it's, it's a good take on Batman. I remember I had a lot, of, I, I had the Batmobile toy for that one, um, which was really cool. But so there's all those. So it's just the, like the original movies, uh, always like I remember, um, 
especially the ending of like Batman eighty nine. Like that sticks in my head a lot. I remember showing one of my one of my childhood friends uh, like that movie, and he he's two years younger than me, and so he was really really little at the time. Uh, and I remember the uh, the ending of '89, whenever Joker is laying there, and um, the laughter is still going on from like the chattering teeth in his pocket. Um, I remember that freaked my friend out, and I was like, "Oh no, it's fine. Like he's dead. It's okay." Um, so I, that that's just a memory that I have that like sticks. So I had that, um, and then my dad even built me. Uh, he was a carpenter. Worked at like I actually work where he used to work now um, at this this woodworking shop. Um, and whenever I was really young, he built me a Batmobile bed. Um, and so it had, it, it looked probably, I don't know if it looked the most like the forever Batmobile. It had like the like spoiler in the middle going out the back um, that the, like the Batman Forever Batmobile does. Um, but the sides just kind of had like a classic like Batmobile outline. And then it had the bat symbol as like the wheels on the side. And it even had the shelf in the back, um, like where the back bumper would be, that I put all my books and stuff. Uh, and he made these two, um, like, shelves, like, bookcase things that it was standing up. It was standing on. the. They fit, like, underneath where the wheels were, so it, like, raised off the ground. So it was actually a couple feet off the ground, and there was even a little crawl space uh, underneath it. Um, and so I had that bed growing up, and that was just the coolest thing ever, really. Uh, like, I was sleeping in the Batmobile. Um, which was great. And, it was, and it's one of a kind too. Like it wasn't, we didn't buy a Batmobile bed. Like he, he made one for me. Um, so that was just amazing. Um, I have pictures of it somewhere and it's, uh, i always remember that thing. It, it was really cool. Um, but so I had that. And then, um, I guess the like next, the next big thing really that, um, just kind of upped my love for Batman, uh, was Batman Begins. Like I was, eight I think whenever Batman Begins came out because it was 2005 so so yeah because it was a couple months before my birthday um so Batman Begins came out in the summer of 2005 and I saw that probably five or six times in theaters little eight-year-old me uh I just begged my parents and everyone over and over again to take me to go see it it was just the coolest thing ever um I just I absolutely loved that movie and like I remember I had um, a couple different Batmobile posters, like, of the Tumblr that I had, uh, above my Batmobile bed, and then, like, on the other side of the, my room, and it was just, like, that movie was, it's just so, I mean, it's still so good. I'm probably gonna watch it later tonight, actually, um, but it's just such an incredible movie, like, it just, it gets Batman so much, and just seeing Batman done such justice on the big screen, like, the original movies are great, like, the 89 movie, is fantastic. Batman Returns is great. I don't like it as much as the 89 movie. Uh, I actually like Batman Forever more than uh, Batman Returns. I think that one's super underrated. Uh, Batman and Robin is a great comedy, but Batman Begins really, it was a real Batman. Like, it, Batman's ridiculous, you know, just as a character in general. Like, this, the dude dresses up as a bat and just beats criminals, like, every night. That's just what he does. Um, and like, it doesn't, you can't do that in real life. Like it doesn't work, but Batman Begins kind of makes you think that it could, it just very much puts him in our world. And it's, it's such an amazing realization of Batman and his characters in such a good, like real world adaptation of him. And Christian Bale was just phenomenal in that movie. He's a great Bruce Wayne and Batman. And so 
that movie, I just like I, I couldn't get enough of it. I remember whenever the um the special feature or not the special features, but the uh, the DVD for that came out, and uh, I just would watch the movie and then also the special features over and over again. I remember the the menu actually, which I miss more interactive disc menus. We don't really get that anymore much with movies. It's just kind of like either an image or a series of image like clips that play like in the background and there's just the normal like play scene selection and like extras thing at the bottom but like the special features for the batman begins disc i remember it was like comic pages and you could scroll through and like different parts of the page would be highlighted and those went to different um features in the special features like i know they had one specifically about the bat suit um they had one specifically about the tumbler and like how they actually like made this working Batmobile, like the one that you see on screen, it does everything that you see it do. Like, uh, and so I remember like watching that and watching them talk about and like Chris Nolan talk about the, um, the first like clay model that he did where he was just kind of like mashing up a Lamborghini and like a tank. And he made this little red, like just clay model. And it, and it looks remarkably like the final version of the Tumblr that we see in that movie. And so I just remember watching that and like the the fact that they built the narrows like they built I don't know how many city blocks they actually did, but they built a full scale city inside. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was an, uh, an air hangar and it had working lights, working like water and plumbing and everything. There was full blown streets and like that's why the narrows felt so real because it was it was they actually crafted a portion of a city for that movie and like that's just insane um and so watching those special features like i always enjoyed special features on movies in general growing up but watching those especially like that i also credit to the kind of um start of my passion for filmmaking too uh i'd love to be a filmmaker i don't know if that's the direction that my life is going at this point i'm more so in the comics and journalism realm um and creating comics and things like that but like for a while I did I, I wanted to be either like a director or something of that nature and I credit that that passion definitely to these movies like Batman and the Dark, Batman Begins and the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises um and so yeah I just I watched that disc over and over I think that I still have that DVD I do I still have that DVD for the Batman Begins um and so that was amazing. And then I remember a few years later, we, of course, got The Dark Knight. And that was pretty insane. I remember because I was 11 whenever The Dark Knight first came out. And some of my earliest memories being on the Internet are actually looking at the posters for The Dark Knight. Like I remember the character poster of the Joker where he's just like writing why so serious in the fog kind of um and like I remember seeing that character poster and the, the like I believe in Harvey Dent and then the Batman with his battering like over his face and then the Joker with the Joker card. Um, like I remember seeing those uh, the first teaser trailer for the Dark Knight where it's literally just the, there's no there's the visual just of the bat symbol and the blue kind of like breaking through behind it. But there's no actual footage from the film. It's just all the voiceovers. Um, like I remember seeing that. Um, and I remember going to see The Dark Knight, and I want to see it in theaters again so badly because I was too young to really appreciate and kind of, like, understand what I was seeing. Like, I loved it, of course, 
but there's so much more to that movie that the older I got, the more I appreciate it and understand it and like respect what was done with that film. Um, but yeah, I remember going to see that and just being absolutely blown away. Like Heath Ledger's Joker, I mean, what can be said that hasn't been said already? You know, he's just, there's a reason he won the Oscar for it and he's heralded as much as he is for being the clown prince of crime. Like there's no, you can't do that again, really. Like I'm extremely excited for Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I can't wait for that movie, but it's just, it's so different. And it has to be because you really like Heath Ledger just created his own version of the Joker. And we've even seen some comics since then take inspiration from that, like the um, Lee Bermijo and uh, Brian Azzarello Joker graphic novel. Um, I feel like you can definitely draw like direct influence from how Heath was in The Dark Knight and why that comic is the way that it is. Like he just, his performance changed, I think, comic book movie villains and like that movie in general just changed comic book movies. Like it's still considered the gold standard of comic book films. Like every time one comes out, I feel people are like, well, yeah, but is like every time a new comic book movie comes out, people will be like, yeah, but is it as good as The Dark Knight? Like, is it, is it that level? And it just, it completely changed the genre and just showed, like, Batman Begins was like, okay, I feel like that was kind of the beginning of the modern superhero movie. Like, we had X-Men in 2000, and we had Spider-Man, the, like, the Raimi trilogy in, like, 2002 to, like, 2000, or 2001 to 2004 or something. I don't remember exactly when those movies came out. Um, but Batman Begins really was, like, the start of, like, okay, these can, like, this is how good these movies can be. And then The Dark Knight came out, and it was like, okay, well, this is how good these movies can be. Like, we can have something just truly incredible from a filmmaking level, and it just also happens to be a Batman movie. And I think that's one of the reasons that movie works so well, is just on a fundamental level, like, it's just an incredible film. Like, and it just so happens to be about Batman and his characters. Um, It obviously takes a lot of inspiration from The Long Halloween. It tells the fall of Harvey Dent pretty perfectly, really. Um, There's obviously some deviations from how The Long Halloween is told. It's not a murder mystery. You don't get 12 different Batman rogues in it, but you get the core story of Harvey Dent falling in it, and you also get the Joker playing such a prominent role in that happening. And for it to be able to do that and do all of it so seamlessly is just, um, it's incredible. And so I remember like seeing that and then um, have to admit this was before I really understood the repercussions of like pirating and things like that. But I remember uh, it's probably like a month after the movie came out. I don't remember how many times I saw that one in theaters, actually. Um, But I saw that. And then one day my dad came home and uh, he had a bootleg of The Dark Knight. And I do not contone pirating movies or getting bootlegs or anything like that anymore. I was too young to really understand. I just wanted to watch the movie. Um, and like he came home with that and I legitimately watched it every night, um, before bed. Like I would just put on the dark Knight and just watch the dark Knight. And so I did that up until the movie came out. And then I made my dad take me to Best Buy the day the DVD came out. We went, I got the DVD for the dark Knight. I still have that copy of the DVD and I just watched that over and over again. And I kid you not for years, I put on the dark Knight every night before I would go to sleep. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that I know that movie line for line from memory. I can recite that film. It's, I, 
I've seen that movie countless times. It just has such a special place in my heart. Like it just fundamentally changed my life, honestly. Like Batman Begins really ignited that passion that I had for filmmaking and then The Dark Knight just took that to a whole other level of love and appreciation and just what it did for Batman and Joker and just really everything. Like for me, I just, I, I can't express how much I love that movie. And yeah, I, I can I can recite it from memory. Like I watched, I, and I would put it on before bed and you know of course I would fall asleep like during it and so in order to make it to where I didn't just see the beginning over and over again I would start it at different points in the movie whenever I would put it on before I went to sleep that way I was getting an even spread of exposure for the whole runtime um and so I did that for years just putting that movie on and just watching that movie so it's just it's burned into my brain um I remember one time I was in uh, high school and one of my friends like texted me during class and um, they said that they were watching The Dark Knight uh, in class and I was like oh like what scene are you on I was like send me a line that like someone just said and like they texted me one of the lines that someone had just said in the movie and I was like okay and, like I thought about it for a second and then I thought about what line would be being said by the time my text was received and they read it and so I like typed out the line and like sent it and they responded in there like they just said that line as I read it from like your text. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I know. And so it's just that movie. I don't know if anything can really get to that level of like a special place in my heart as that one. I literally for the last like two years of high school also carried around a DVD copy of that movie. That way, if we were like doing if we weren't doing anything in class, I would ask my teachers if we could put it on and just watch The Dark Knight. Um so I just, I really like, I, I, I love that movie so much. And I have so many memories of watching that movie. I would show my friends that movie over and over again. Like if we were just hanging out, I'd be like, oh, we should watch The Dark Knight. And so like they have parts of the film memorized just because of me watching it on repeat. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, that was, that was crazy. And then um, I remember the wait between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises was excruciating. Because um, at first we didn't know exactly if we would get one because of you know the unfortunate passing of Heath and the tragedy that that was and is um I remember it was quiet for a while like after that movie came out we didn't know exactly like there was a long time where there was no word on like another Batman movie um even though the Dark Knight also fun fact was it hit a billion dollars which it was the first comic book movie to do that and it was also the highest grossing film of the year um, in 2008, which is just amazing. Um, but so we didn't, we didn't know for a while about the next one. And then I remember I'd started using the internet more. And I remember when more and more information started coming out about another Batman movie. And I remember when we found out it was going to be Bane and when Tom Hardy was cast as Bane. And I remember seeing the first, uh, images of him released where it's just the shot behind him and you see like, his shoulders and just how like ripped he is like just not even ripped but just like how bulky and just he's just such an imposing figure um and I remember seeing his mask and like it's so different than his comic book mask like it's pretty much I mean everyone knows how it looks but it's just like the just the white part of his mask but it's this mechanical like breathing apparatus now um and I remember just being so like um, not, I don't know if amazed is right, just curious about what that was and why it was the way that it was. And like, I just had so many questions. Um, 
I remember watching and seeing like as all the the promotional material came out and just like eating up all that I could and it was just it was such a long wait for that movie um and then it I remember when it came out I actually went to a midnight showing of that movie by myself because no one else uh, that I knew wanted to go to the the midnight showing so I went by myself I was oh man 15 at the time I think I'm doing that math right Uh, I was either 15 or 16 and so I went to that midnight showing by myself because I had to see it immediately um and I remember just being completely like blown away by that film too I still I the Dark Knight is my favorite of the trilogy it just has to be um but I to this day depending on the day I'll flip-flop between whether or not I like Batman Begins or The Dark Knight Rises more um I think that the Dark Knight Rises is pretty much the perfect like cap to that trilogy. I think one, it was a genius move to put the time gap between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises because I remember before the movie came out and Nolan had said that they weren't going to address the Joker at all out of respect for he- for Heath, and that was definitely the right thing to do. And so putting that time gap there allowed them to do that and allowed it to make sense narratively. And then you just also, you just assume the Joker just never broke out. Like, he's just still in a cell. Or maybe he was killed in the cell. I don't know. You just don't have to worry about the Joker whenever you put that time gap in there. And so I think that that works. But then it also shows, um, like, he narratively made it really impactful, the, the Dent Act and Batman covering up for Harvey Dent, and really used that as a plot device in the film and I think it was really a genius move because you have a Batman who's able to stop being Batman because he won like yeah it wasn't a morally clean win but crime is almost gone in Gotham which is unheard of that's something we don't really see in anything Batman and so for that to happen to where it gets to a point where there's no need for Batman anymore um, I think is such an interesting way to start the story and then you have Bane who comes in and just um, tears it all apart, basically. Um, I think there's some really interesting callbacks to the fir- It's the most... It's more of a sequel to Batman Begins than The Dark Knight is. And I think that's really interesting. I think that's really fitting for a closing chapter of the trilogy. Like, it gets its sequel right from The Dark Knight and all of the Harvey Dent um, areas that it covers... But then thematically, it gets a lot of its um, being a sequel to Batman Begins through like Talia, who I don't love Talia in this movie. I have to admit, she's probably one of my like minor complaints. Marion Cotillard is phenomenal. She's a great actress, but um, Talia in this, uh, she's not shoehorned in, but I feel like if you're going to do Talia, you can do her better than she is in this. Um still that's a that's a minor thing i think that what her i think um oh how am i forgetting her character name not talia but what her actual character name is man i'm kind of ashamed of myself right now that i can't remember oh miranda tate yeah um i think the miranda tate as a character works really well in this film for what she does her being talia is just a really nice way for them to pull raz raish no it's not raish or raz it's ross um it's a really interesting way for them to pull him back into the movie thematically, which I like. Um, so that, but there's just, there's so many 
fantastic moments in this film. Like, uh, I remember just completely being awed at the first fight between Batman and Bane. Like, that's... Got it. That's in my top two comic book fights between, like, heroes and villains. Um, the other one would be Aquaman and Orm at the end of Aquaman, just because that's pure visual spectacle. But the Batman and Bane fight in the sewers is so so strong one it's probably the best choreographed fight in the dark knight trilogy that's one thing that i will admit it's kind of uh fight choreography i I won't say fight choreography filming fights is not one of nolan's strong suits um that we've seen aside from well see i say that but then i think about the tunnel scene in inception but that's kind of different because of the way that that's framed like that that has an, an air of spectacle to it and the fact that the hallway's turning and like that set is just crazy. Um, but like I know a lot of people um, have complaints about the fight choreography and how it's filmed in the Dark Knight trilogy. Like it's not the best that we've seen Batman fight. Um, I think it's really good for what Nolan was going for, especially like in the first one, like in Batman Begins, um, he wanted him to be very quick, brutal. Like he's not about being flashy, he's about getting the job done. And then also in the way that he filmed it, he wanted it to be kind of like disorienting and like you feel like the thugs and that you don't see him and like you can't really um, prepare to counter him because of that. And so I think that works well, especially in the very, very first uh, fight scene that we see with Batman, like at the dockyards in Batman Begins. Um, I think that's a really powerful entrance for uh, from a storytelling perspective. Um, but like whenever you put the fights throughout the Dark Knight trilogy up against something like the warehouse scene in like BVS, like it's obvious which one is a better Batman fight. Um, that said though, the first fight between Batman and Bane in the sewers, uh, in the Dark Knight Rises is just incredible. I think the creative decision to cut, um, the score for that scene and just let the natural sound effects of where they're at and like the fight play out was nothing short of genius um you really feel the power in every blow because of that like because the score is building up until that point like as batman and Catwoman are going through the tunnels and like getting there the score just keeps on building and building and building and then as soon as that gate comes down it just cuts and you're just left with batman and bane and they just fight um and it's choreographed extremely well. There's so much ebb and flow in it and back and forth. Kind of back and forth. Batman gets his ass kicked, really. Um, but there's just enough like fight left in him where it keeps the fight interesting. Like it's just not, it's not a complete pummeling. It it's about as close to a complete pummeling as you can get without it being an absolute just him getting destroyed. But just seeing him the fact that he can't compete at that level still. Like Bane even has the line, he says, like, um, peace has cost you your strength, victory has defeated you. And, like, Batman, he hasn't been Batman for years at this point. He's just not, he's so not prepared for this. And it really shows you that whenever you see this fight. Like, Bane is just leisurely beating Batman's ass. Like, he just, there, it's a no contest. Um, the shot of Batman after they fall off the catwalk and Batman's been kicked on the ground, and he stumbles up the stairs, and just the guttural yell that he lets out, like, he, it's one of my favorite moments in the trilogy, like, he just is trying so hard, and just doesn't know what to do, really, like, he's just so angry, and that's just so animalistic, and it's just, it's so great, 
Um, the way that it's shot is fantastic. The setting is incredible. I love the like the waterfall that we get because of the uh, the sewer. Basically, um, the water on the bat suit looks so nice, um, and just the the whole way that it goes. And then also you get Bane's like mocking narration the entire time, which is fantastic. Um, he's got a couple really good monologues in that. Uh, and then of course you know it ends and like it's the moment that we all like knew was coming because like the thing that Bane is most famous for in Batman lore is breaking Batman's back and so whenever that fight starts like you know that's how that has to go which also it happens in like the middle part of the movie it might be actually a little bit before directly like in the middle of the film um and so like you you know it's coming but then you see Bane break Batman's back and it's just so powerful and so well done um and he just drags his goons just drag batman away and like that fight it's just, it's so good um i like their fight later on in the movie too i think it's good it's just not you can't live up to how good the first fight is i think after you have that one um but both those fights are really good really every scene that bane is in in that film is phenomenal tom hardy does an excellent job as bane i do not agree with the people who say that they you can't understand what he's saying uh maybe it's because i've seen the movie like hundreds of times um but i was able to make out what he was saying like whenever i saw it in theaters i saw that one like man 10 or 11 times in theaters i think i saw that one a lot um because i would just go over and over and over again like every friend that i had that hadn't seen it i was like hey do you want to go see it and we would just go and see it i saw it like two or three times in one day at one point um the other the other scene in that i think that stands out the most to me is the there's two other ones um there's the the football stadium scene which we had seen from the trailer whenever um the gotham knights player is running back the kick the kickoff we'd seen that the the football field collapses like behind him that it like is being blown up and then it falls away what we hadn't seen is that all of Gotham gets blown up and I remember sitting in the theater and when that happens my jaw was just on the floor like I just chills all over my body and I just could not believe what I was seeing um and so that's definitely something that will all like I, I have chills now thinking about it that's something that will always stand out to me about that movie um and the other thing is probably my favorite line in the Dark Knight trilogy and it's at the end whenever Batman's going to take the nuclear reactor and like fly away with it and Gordon says like um I never know I never knew who you were and he says you were right uh and then Gordon says that shouldn't the people know like who saved them and Batman says a hero can be anyone even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended and that will forever hit me um and also the fact like it cuts back to the it shows the clip of Gordon putting a coat around Bruce's shoulders from Batman Begins and also the music cue is the exact same uh, which that's another thing Hans Zimmer's score throughout all of these films is just incredible but the music that plays in Batman Begins whenever Gordon puts the coat around his shoulders is the same music that plays at the moment that Bruce delivered that line and it's too good it's just phenomenal so we get that 
and then i mean the ending of that movie is great um i know there's some debate about like whether or not he actually lives or dies like because i know a lot of people think that what alfred sees at the end is just a vision of him like wanting to see what he sees um i i fall more on the the thinking that it's real and that he actually made it just because which i love this about nolan because he loves ambiguous endings like he likes making his endings to films to where you can debate about what like how it actually ended like the inception one i think is the biggest one that you can like debate uh whether or not it's a dream or not um but in this i love that like one in the middle of the movie he established that alfred has that vision and like he thinks that he sees bruce at that cafe so he plants that seed to where it could be a vision but then i also love how in the final moments of the film when lucius goes to look at the bat plane and like the updates for it it was um updated that the autopilot had been fixed i think it's like six months before so before batman had his back broken so the fact that the the autopilot could have been working like that seat also leads that leaves the door open for it to not be a vision and that bruce actually did survive um so i lean on that one just because i like the idea of batman getting out of it and having a happy life with catwoman um i just like that more i think but i feel like either way it works really um you get the heartbreaking scene of alfred crying at the grave um it just it's it's so good there's so many good things i I will say one thing i still don't like about the movie is that joseph gordon levitt's character which he did a fantastic job and i love what his character represents i think that he is a great stand-in for robin he represents the idea of robin that Batman has someone that helps him in his war on crime. I like that. And I even like the idea of him inheriting the like mantle of Batman and finding the cave. I'm okay with that. The thing that I don't... And it, it's cool, too, because he even like has a little bit of Tim Drake in him and the, and the fact that he like deduces Batman's secret identity and like goes to Bruce and you know finds him in that thing. I think that's cool. The thing that I don't like, and I still don't like, is the fact that they actually made his first name Robin oh that oh i'll never like that unfortunately i just it i remember it made me so angry the first time i saw it in theaters and it still makes me angry especially because people are like oh he's robin he's robin like he is not robin he's not he's not dick grayson he's not jason todd he's not tim drake he's not damian wayne he's just he's a good representation of like what robin does for batman but he's not and like i'm even okay like i said with him getting the mantle but just just calling him Robin was a little too on the nose for me. I just, I didn't like that touch. Um, everything else is great though. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I've watched that movie. That movie is probably the one that I've seen the least out of the three, just because it's the last one. So I just didn't rewatch it as much. And I was also older, so I had less time to be able to rewatch, um, just because of life. Um, but yeah, no, the Dark Knight trilogy is something that I, uh, I'll forever those movies will forever have such a special place in my heart to me those really like my love for batman was just even more informed because of those um but that's really like the the kind of i just want a huge tangent about why i love the dark knight trilogy so much but those really were some of the things that like made my love for batman grow even more like as i grew up um but right before the dark knight rises came out actually so basically my whole life I had consumed 
books and different things that would tell me about Batman and his world and things like that. Like I had that the Ultimate Guide to the Dark Knight thing and I got different books like that. And then as I got a little bit older and the internet started becoming a thing, I would watch videos or like read articles or whatever about Batman and also just DC Comics in general and some Marvel stuff. I know more about DC than I do Marvel on the whole. Um, but so I would know about comics and kind of what happened in his history and roughly like what takes place when and the like major events and things like that and kind of sort of how things fit together i had a general understanding i would say more than the average person growing up just because i would like to keep tabs on it and just i was interested in the world and everything like that but i had never actually read comics um and it was probably like it was early 2012 i think and I went to the bookstore one time and I picked up Hush and The Long Halloween. They're the first two Batman comics I ever got. And I sat down and I read Hush in one sitting. And then I picked up The Long Halloween and read that in one sitting. And that, I was hooked. I, it, it was amazing. Like, they're still two of my favorite Batman stories. And they're so good. And that really started me getting into the actual comic side of things and after that happened I like started looking up I was like okay where like what are the current like comics like and at this point um Greg Capullo Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's new 52 run was five or six issues in I think and so I made a comicsology account and I went and I got caught up on the five or six issues that they had out at the time and then from that point on, I've been pulling the Batman comic monthly and then bi-weekly now, which it has been for like three years at this point, or almost three years, I think. Um, no, yeah, over three years, because Rebirth started in 2016. Um, but yeah, so since like issue like seven of New 52 Batman, I've been pulling the the main Batman title. And so um, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's run on Batman, that was the only comic that I was reading month to month for a long time. I picked up a lot of trades for the other New 52 books um, towards the end of the New 52, like around probably the 40s or so with a lot of them. Like I read Aquaman and Flash and Batman and Robin and Detective Comics and Batman and the Dark Knight and some Superman and action comics. Um, I read like all those new 52 series, uh, but they were all like really far in by the time I started reading them. And I read those in trades, not like month to month, but Snyder and Capullo's Batman, I read month to month all the way through it to the end. And that one, um, that also has a very special place in my heart just because that's the first Batman comic and the first comic in general that I picked up month to month, issue to issue, and was just blown away every time. I mean, if you're watching the video podcast, like, I have, I don't know, the best angle to, like, show this, but I literally, like, I have my entire, like, sleeve, I have a tattoo sleeve that is just, like, I have the Court of Owls right there, and, like, it's based off of the New 52 Batman run, like, Zero Year is the, the centerpiece on my forearm, um, but I have, like, some of the blimps from Zero Year, the Bat Plane. I have the Bat Signal um, from like Volume Six, the Graveyard Shift on there. I have the Court of Owls symbol. I have I just my sleeve is it's because of the New Fifty Two run on Batman. Um, 
and I just love that series so much. It's such incredible Batman content through and through. Snyder just gets Batman, and each arc kind of builds on the net, like the last one. I mean, Court of Owls is just um, like there's again I've said this for most of the things that I talk about, but there's a reason that it's um, as praised as it is. Like that first arc just does so much for Batman, and I think like he Snyder was able to introduce a new villain and, and a new element to the mythology of Batman um, that just built itself into the world like so organically it just it makes sense and it fits just so perfectly like it's a puzzle piece that always should have been there but we just now discovered it um, and so the fact that he was able to do that and build that into to Gotham's history and Batman's history is incredible the designs for the Talons and the Court of Owls is just top-notch um, so we got that death of the family is a fantastic joker story it's so terrifying um and then we get zero year which is my favorite origin story for batman it's so bombastic and colorful like the colors from fco in that book are just they're jaw-dropping um and we get like the red hood gang it's my favorite riddler story there's so many great moments in that um we get endgame which is like if Death of the Family is a comedy, Endgame is the tragedy, and I remember just losing my mind issue to issue whenever that was coming out, because, like, before that book came out, I remember, like, the solicits didn't say anything. Like, we knew nothing about what this arc was going to be whenever it started, and it ended up being just this crazy Joker story. Like, the first issue has Batman taking out a Jokerized Justice League, and it just escalates and escalates, and spoiler alert, like, ends with Batman, like, dying and then, of course, you know, Batman comes back because no one stays dead in comics because they're comics. But just the emotional impact of that. Uh, I remember, like, the final line in that series, like, the thing we all know deep down but don't want to admit, the story that, of Batman is and always will be a tragedy. Like, that just, that hits. It's so good. And then we get Super Heavy, which has uh, Jim Gordon being Batman for a while, which I think is a super underrated arc. His Batsuit's one of my favorites. Um... And then that leads like into the new fit or into rebirth. The rebirth suit is my favorite Batman suit. I think it's a perfect modern bat suit. It has uh, the purple inside the cape, which is just such a great callback to like the purple gloves from his first appearance. It has the gold slash yellow outline around the bat symbol, which is the perfect middle ground between having just the black symbol and having the black symbol with the oval. Um, it's just like I love that so much. Just what Snyder and Capullo and Danny Mickey and Jonathan Glapian and FCO Placentia like did with Batman throughout that run, um, I'll always appreciate so much and love so much. And so that one I really really love. And then, so yeah, I was just like read that Batman run, and like I said, read other comics like from then, and it just started to like branch really like, like I was saying probably around like the forties or so of the new 52 issues I started reading more and more comic issues and picking up more books and then um probably around the time Rebirth started I was pulling a variety of different like DC books but then I also started pulling some like Marvel titles too and like uh, like I had with DC growing up I'd always kind of um kept an ear to the ground about some Marvel events and kind of their general timeline and like I obviously knew who a lot of characters were and what characters I was most interested in and things like that. And so then I just started picking up more just comics in general. And now I have like, 
over a thousand single issues or so probably from between both Marvel and DC and just absolutely love both I gotta keep up to date with all the comics as they come out I unfortunately can't get all the comics as they come out because as anyone who collects comics will tell you it's an extremely expensive hobby uh, it's not cheap but I still keep up with the things that I love most in them and what I want to like read most and cover most but at the end of the day I mean Batman will always be my number one there like I just I love him so much and I mean that's pretty much I think that's most of the things about like how I got into Batman and Batman comics like Hush and the Long Halloween were my first two and then the new 52 Batman and then uh like Batman Noel is another one of the first ones I read The Killing Joke of course is another uh, first one because those are some of the big the big ones um I read Batman Rip before I actually read the full run from Morrison um but I read the full run from Morrison before Rebirth started um I think maybe a little maybe like right after Rebirth started I read Morrison's run all the way through which I really loved that as well um I think I right now I can't decide if I like Snyder or King's run more probably Snyder's just because of the emotional like connection that I have with that one being my first but King's is definitely second or tied for first and then Morrison's is is right underneath those um kings is coming to an end which i actually thought about that yesterday and it, it makes me really sad like i know we're still getting his um batman catwoman book which starts in january um of 2020 which i'm very excited about but just thinking about the fact that king won't be on the main batman title anymore is kind of heartbreaking because that's been a really nice um consistent thing that we've had for a couple years now so i'll definitely miss that whenever whenever that's gone um but yeah i mean i don't know i just love batman and i love comics in general but batman like i keep saying it's just he's my go-to he's my number one um and so that's really what started everything uh almost a year ago now i started a, a batman fan account on twitter which i'm sure most of you listening uh follow uh, I assume that's how a lot of you have gotten here. If you don't follow it, you should go follow it. It's at Batman Files uh, on Twitter. But so I started that uh, not quite a year ago yet, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made to make that account. Shout out to my friend Joe, actually, who um, runs a like Black Canary account, and because uh, he convinced me to make a it, it was a Let's Talk account at the very beginning, because um, that was a thing on Twitter for a while and. I was debating making one for one in general. I actually made one for Scarlet Witch first, um, and then I ended up making a Batman one. Uh, I was hesitant about making a Batman one because there was already like another Batman fan account, and I didn't want to like step on any toes. Um, but I did it, and um, yeah, running that Batman account has been one of the best decisions I've made. I've met a really lot of a lot of really cool people through it, but also just posting about Batman so much uh, regularly as much as I do now, um, has been really awesome for me. Um, it's made my love for Batman even stronger because I'm just constantly like finding and, and surrounding myself in more Batman contact and content and just sharing my love for Batman even more. Um, the feedback that I've gotten on it has been insane. I never thought that it would take off as much as it has now. Um, and it just keeps growing, which is incredible. Thank you to everyone who follows it and supports it. Um, so that's fun. I 
actually I review Batman comics now for Comics Bookcase, which you should follow them if you don't and check their website out. There's a lot of great people who contribute to that site. Zach, who runs that site, is great. Um, but yeah, I, I write reviews for Batman and Detective Comics, which is amazing. I write about comics in general uh, a lot now. I, I contribute to comicbookdebate.com, who you should also check out if you don't. Um, I've been writing for them for a year and a half or two years now. I can't remember exactly. Um, I have a lot of articles that I've written up there, just like analysis of different things. My main thing uh, that I like to write about for that, that I've had published actually is analysis of different things, whether it be um, movies or comics and comic runs in general. I actually have a, um, a series of articles on comic book debate where I'm going through Tom King's Batman run and um, doing different chunks of it. Like the first um, article I think was issues one through um, I think 14, I want to say. Um, it was the first two arcs, so it was I Am Gotham and I Am Suicide. Like I, I went and I, um, I analyzed those issues and then the next one was like issues 14 through 20. I went and like did those, and the next thing I'll do is um, the whole the War of Jokes and Riddles arc. I'll deep dive into that one. But so just things like that. But I won't. I don't cover exclusively Batman stuff um, for that site. And then the stuff that I do for Comics Bookcase, uh, like I said, I, I have reviews for Batman and Detective Comics coming out every week since those are um, the the biweekly, so they flip flop weeks. Uh, so I do that. But then I also do some other uh, some other articles on there. Um, so yeah, just I, which is so cool. I love that I'm able to write about comics uh, so frequently and have it shared on on the platforms that I do get the get them to be shared on. Um, very appreciative of that, and I love that a lot. Um, other writing, like I, I I briefly kind of mentioned it earlier. I want to write. The, the ultimate goal is to be able to write comics like for a living. I would love to be able to do that, um, but I know that realistically, that it the comic industry is not a very sustainable um like pay off your house type of of <laughs> field at the moment which sucks but that's just the the nature of, of how it is um and so that's where the like journalism side of things comes um but i do i am a writer and so i have a ton of story ideas i have a ton of batman story ideas which I haven't written out a lot of them yet but um they're flown around in there and so hopefully i'll be able to do that one day um, I like writing prose too. I've recently started trying to write more short stories just to kind of like practice that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm approaching the one hour mark, which is nice. I didn't, I didn't know if I'd be able to, to, to do that on this first episode. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I guess, a like taste of what, what this podcast is going to be just, um, week to week. I'll, I'll think of some stuff to just kind of ramble about. Um, this is going to be the most personal podcast that I've done I'll talk about I mean just me really and my thoughts on stuff um I appreciate anyone who's listening who has listened this far into it um any feedback that you give I'd be more than happy to see and read um if you liked this I'm hoping I'm trying to make it toward this first episode will be up on all the major podcasting uh things whenever it goes live so spotify itunes stitcher podbean and then there is a video version that will be going up on youtube as well if that's your thing i actually really like the layout that i have for this i think it's really cool um so be sure to check that out also shout out to my good friend sean for um 
designing the logo that I have for this, which I absolutely love. He did the logo, and if you're watching the video podcast, he did the video overlay that you see. Um, he's great. I go to him for all my graphic design stuff. If you need any graphic design work, uh, send me a message, and I'll get you to him. Um, he's busier now, so it's kind of iffy about that, but um, shout out to him for that, because I love the way that this looks. Um, so yeah, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Um, so whatever you're using to watch or listen, uh, please consider subscribing. It would really mean a lot. And leave a like and rate and review on whatever you're losing, using to listen to. Um, again, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Batman Files is my Batman account. And then you can find my personal Twitter at AP Batman with two T's. Uh, the Batman account, obviously, I just talk mainly Batman stuff and uh, comic stuff in general. My personal account, I'll tweet more um, opinionated things about just other stuff. And then you can also find me on Instagram at apb.comics. I run that pretty much how I run my Batman account, except um, slightly different. I have a really cool... I like the way that my posts are. They're very um, aesthetically pleasing, I think, but just a lot of uh, more Batman comic content on there. So be sure to follow that if you're on Instagram and interested in seeing some more uh, quality Batman comic content on your feed. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you again uh, for listening. If you made it this far, I really appreciate it. And be sure to see you next week. Later.